Good morning, everyone. So we are continuing a ser- series, and to gauge how well you all have been paying attention for the last several weeks, what is the series we are currently in? <laughs> yes, wonderful, Covenant series. And so this is another sermon in that series. So here's a random thought. If you take a novel, and let's say a mystery novel, and you skip straight to the end and read the last chapter, well, you go straight to the point, but that's kind of pointless, right? Because like all of the previous chapters, like they've somehow lost their purpose, their significance, and if you think about the mystery novel element of it, like all of the clues that you would think about and meditate about and, and think about deeply, they don't, you know, they don't have that same level of depth. You, you skipped to the end, right? <clears throat> so today we are going to do a sermon on covenant. And so it would seem fitting that I give a definition for us to start with on what is covenant. But no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Because that's not really what this sermon is about. Instead, we are going to uh, look at several covenant events that span quite a large portion of the Bible, thousands of years, and we're going to try to internalize that flow um, and, and look at it from, from a distance. And on a practical note, one way that that might be beneficial is that as we add on more information, as we learn more about the covenants, we can add on to sort of like a base, a high-level understanding as we go forward. So today I hope you'll accept a very simple sermon and lend your attention and imagination as we retell the covenant story. The sermon is divided into seven parts. In keeping with the novel theme, we'll call them seven chapters. So chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And skipping down a few verses, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Skipping down further. And God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Go to the next slide. So wait, did you catch that? In the first few verses of the Bible, we already have different clues, different images, different hints that are woven into later parts of the covenant story. So here at the beginning, God took the darkness, the chaotic deep waters, and formed dry land, and began the work of creation. He began the work of the covenant, for in this world he is forming, he will partner with Adam, where he will have a purpose and a work for Adam, to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion of the earth. Slide. Okay, so... We have reached the end of chapter one, and at the end of each chapter, we're going to do a bit of a recap, and we're going to build on the recap each time. So, in the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters. Yes, you were right. 
And God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. Chapter 2. There was, and God said, and this is in Genesis 1, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And skipping down to Genesis 2, it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Skipping down further, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed its place up with flesh. In the rib that God God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So here we have the covenant relationship very early on in the Bible. We have an image of covenant relationship. And what is the image? Well, we have two flesh being joined into one. It is now one thing. So two sides, two parts, one flesh. That is the end of chapter two. (laughs) All right, so in the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. And Adam was placed in a deep, (laughs) true, a deep sleep. And from there, God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. So um, we're going to continue on to the next chapter, but I wanted to reassure you all that even though I'm holding a pen, I do not intend to throw it. Um, All right, next slide. On that day, all of the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were open. And rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. The flood continued 40 days on the earth. We skipped down there. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated high above the, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. Um, we're going to skip down. Um, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man, animals, and creeping things, and the birds of the heavens, they were all blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those who were with him on the ark. So we're going to skip down to chapter 7 of Genesis here. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intentions of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And then we're going to skip down to chapter 9, where God is addressing Noah and he's making this, establishing this covenant, right? And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. 
And in verse 11, it says, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. So, question. You go to the next slide. Question. Who did God make this covenant with? He did make it with Noah, but if we read here, he made it with you and every living creature that is with you in all future generations. So this covenant was made with all future generations. So, Earlier in this sermon, we talked about clues, because we had sort of this mystery novel theme we were, uh, we were doing for whatever reason. And if you were listening carefully, when we read about God creating the world, this story sounds eerily familiar to when God was creating the world. Because <clears throat> if you remember from the creation story, it talks about God's spirit was hovering over the deep. This is like verse one of the Bible. God's spirit's hovering over the deep, hovering over the waters. And then it talks about... It, the Bible takes the time to list all these different kinds of things he makes, everything from creeping things up to man. And in the Noah story, we have really the same thing. We have the deep bursting forth, and now the earth is once again covered in water. And the Bible, once again, takes time to list all of the different creatures, all the different living things that were destroyed, everything from creeping things to man. And so... <clears throat> It's, I guess the, the easiest way to, to describe it, and I think you guys probably see it, I think, is that it's like watching Genesis 1 in reverse. And so this is something that some Bible nerds will call a decreation event. So, um, one other thought before we continue to the, the recap and the, ne the next chapter here is that growing up, when, when I would hear the covenant that God made with Noah and all mankind, right? He says, I will never destroy the earth with water. And I was thinking like, well, okay, like you'll use something else, right? And what I want you guys to think about and meditate on, because this is something I'm still thinking about, is that God saying, I'm not going to cover the earth in water again, must have more significance than him just saying, I'm never going to use water to destroy the earth. Because if we parallel it with Genesis 1, it is almost as if he's saying, I'm not going to revert the world back to how it was in verse 1 of the Bible. Right? We're going somewhere here. So it's something I'm still thinking about, and I think you should think about it too. <laughs> um, so now for the recap. In the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. Adam was placed in a deep sleep. And from there, God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. In Noah's day, the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the earth was once again covered in water. God made a covenant with all generations that never again would he cover the earth in water. Chapter 4. Oh, all the slides were supposed to have sound. We just have nighttime sounds for this one slide, so. <laughs> um, I am the Lord God. All right, God is speaking to Abraham here. I am the Lord God who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O oh Lord God, how 
am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. He brought him these and cut them in half and laid each over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell on him. Then the Lord here speaks to Abraham about future generations, about Israel. And we skip down to 17, and it says, When the sun had gone down, it was dark. Behold, a smoking, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Slide. So, what just happened here, right? We just had a bunch of animals cut in half. There's like this terrible darkness. We have this smoking fire pot. We have a flaming torch. And we have Abraham who's passed out. Like, this is a lot to sort through. Um, but it's okay, we will. We'll at, least, we'll at least sort through some of the pieces here. Uh, no pun intended. So, <clears throat> so <laughs> thanks, David. <laughs> here in this story, we want to think about maybe some clues that we've already been given in earlier parts of the Bible. So, starting with Adam's story, if you remember, Adam was placed in a deep sleep. And from that story, we see God removing a piece of Adam's flesh, creating someone that he could be a covenant partner with, and then the two flesh are joined into one flesh through the covenant of marriage. So, as an illustration of covenant, we see two being joined into one. And that is a good thing. So here, Abraham is also in a deep sleep. And we have the, in some ways, the opposite image. Instead of two flesh being joined into one, he cut one flesh into two. One flesh being ripped into two pieces. So another thing to consider is, if you remember the, the, the Noah story, the flood and creation, remember how the world is covered in water, God creates it into something good, and then with the, the Noah story, it essentially reverts, and, and now it is, there's, there's death and there's destruction, and there's not, what I would say, are not good things. <clears throat> so, in this Adam story, we have two flesh becoming one, and in the Abram story, we have the opposite, and I'm going to call this an illustration of a broken covenant. So, to provide historical context, in that time, parties that would join in covenant together would actually perform this ritual. They would cut animals in half. They'd make a hallway out of them or an aisle out of them. You can imagine this as a gory wedding aisle. And the two parties joining together in covenant would walk down in between all the cut pieces. And that was to symbolize that may my fate be like that if I break this covenant. Quite serious, right? And so once again, we have an illustration here of a broken covenant. So I have a question for you guys. If normally, if historically in this ritual, the two parties joining together in covenant would walk down the aisle together, why didn't Abram walk down the aisle? Why was it that God alone walked down 
this aisle. Remember the fire and the smoke. It's something to think about. And as I thought about it and read about it, what I believe that this is symbolizing, and, and there could be a lot more depth in it that we're not reaching right now, but I believe that as God alone walked down this aisle, he was taking upon himself the burden of a broken covenant. And so uh, here is where I'd insert a joke about Stephen and Amy's wedding and this great idea I had, but we're going to skip that. Uh, so next slide. <clears throat> In the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. Adam was placed in a deep sleep. And from there, God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. The fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were open, and the earth was once again covered in water. God made a covenant with all generations that never again would he cover the earth in water. Abraham was placed in a deep sleep, and darkness covered him. He took animals and separated one flesh, one flesh into two parts, illustrating the consequences of a broken covenant. And the God who brought him out of the land of Ur walked alone down the gory aisle as a pillar of fire and smoke, establishing his covenant relationship with Abram. Next chapter. There were thunders and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke went up out of it. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And God spoke these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And from there we continue on to the rest of the Ten Commandments. And to summarize a lot of what's happening here, we can look at this event being predicted in, in Exodus where it says, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So here in this story, do you hear the reverberations of the Abram story here, right? Like God addresses Abraham as, I am the God who brought you out of the land of Ur. And here God is addressing Israel and saying, I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. And then what comes to follow is, is a covenant. So we're not going to spend too much time on this because we'll have a longer chapter later. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so now we're going to do our recap again. <clears throat> In the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he'd begin his covenant relationship with man. Adam was placed in a 
deep sleep. And Adam was placed in a deep sleep, and from there God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. In Noah's day, the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the earth was once again covered in water. God made a covenant with all generations that never again would he cover the earth in water. Abram was placed in a deep sleep, and darkness covered him. He took the animals and separated one flesh into two parts, illustrating the consequences of a broken covenant. And the God who brought him out of the land of Ur walked alone down the gory aisle as a pillar of fire and smoke, establishing his covenant relationship with Adam. The God who brought Israel out of Egypt, leading them as a pillar of fire and smoke, descended onto Mount Sinai. He caused the earth to shake, and smoke went up out of the mountain, and the trumpet sounded louder and louder and louder. There God joined in covenant with the Israelites, and they were to be his people, and he was to be their God. Chapter 6. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma shabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Skipping down. And behold, the curtains of the temple were torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly this was the Son of God. Matthew 4 verse 16. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Colossians 1.13 He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the God who brought Abraham out of the land of Ur and the God who brought Israel out of the land of Egypt is the God who brought us out of the land of darkness, out of a land of slavery. But wait, there's more. When God brought Israel out of the land of Egypt, what did he do? Right? There's a journey. There's a mountaintop. God gives them the law and establishes his covenant with them. He rescues them and says, I'm the God that rescued you. And then he gives them the law and establishes his covenant. So, when we look at the story of Christ's death, he brought us out of darkness, but there is more to this covenant story, so we must press on for one final story. But first, our recap. 
In the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. Adam was placed in a deep sleep, and from there God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. The fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were open, and the earth was once again covered in water. God made a covenant with all generations that never again would he cover the earth in water. Abraham, or Abram, was placed in a deep sleep and darkness covered him. He took animals and separated one flesh into two parts, illustrating the consequences of a broken covenant. And the God who brought him out of the land of Ur walked alone down the gory aisle as a pillar of fire and smoke, establishing his covenant with Abraham. The God who brought Israel out of Egypt, leading them as a pillar of fire and smoke, descended onto Mount Sinai. He caused the earth to shake, and smoke went up out of the mountain, and the trumpet sounded louder and louder and louder. There God took Israel as his people, rescuing them from the burdens of Egypt. And behold, as Jesus died, darkness covered the land, and the earth shook, and the curtain of the temple was torn Chapter 7. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here it is, the new covenant established. This is akin to God establishing his covenant and giving them the gift of the law, except here God is establishing his covenant with the bride of Christ, his church giving them the gift of his Spirit. So you might be asking, Michael, why are you aligning it, this story of Pentecost with the story of like Mount Sinai when God gives them the law? Well, there's, there's a reason for that, and I would say good reasons for that. There's a whole lot to this story that I don't think we'll be able to, to touch, and I hope that, that happens in a future sermon. But I want to give you the reasoning for why I place this here. So if we start with the Passover story and we align uh, the, the Passover in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, and we align that with the Passover with Jesus Christ, right? We have the, the, the blood of the spotless lamb in the, the Passover with Egypt. The firstborn son dies. And I think there's, 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 a, there's a lot of ways that you could correlate those two stories. And I don't think I need to spend a ton of time linking those up. I think it's, it's somewhat apparent. And so after, after the Passover, God delivers them from Egypt. And at, when Jesus dies, he delivers us from sin and death, right? He delivers us from slavery. So this could be summarized as after the Passover, God delivers his people from slavery. And then after that, God descends onto Mount Sinai. And after that, Christ ascends from the Mount of Olives. So God descends onto a mountain, Christ ascends from a mountain. And then after Christ ascends from the mountain, and after God descends onto the mountain, he gives them a gift God gives them the law, and then here God gives them the spirit. And afterwards, to solidify this, this chronological set of events, we see when God gives the law, 
there is the incident with the golden calf where 3,000 people die. And what we'd expect to see in the New Testament is a similar event, and we do have that. Because after the gift of the Spirit is given, 3,000 people are given life, right? 3,000 people are saved. And so we have Passover delivered from slavery. God descends and ascends onto a mountain. The gift, and then 3,000 people live or die. So that is chapter 7. So now for our final summary and then closing. In the beginning, there was darkness over the deep, over the waters, and God brought chaos into order, creation into being, setting the stage where he would begin his covenant relationship with man. Adam was placed in a deep sleep, and from there God made Eve, and they were joined together and became as one flesh. The fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the earth was once again covered in water. God made a covenant with all generations that never again would he cover the earth in water. Abram was placed in a deep sleep, and darkness covered him, and he took animals and separated one flesh into two parts, illustrating the consequences of a broken covenant. And the God who brought him out of the land of Ur walked alone down the gory aisle as a pillar of fire and smoke, establishing, establishing his covenant with Abram. The God who brought Israel out of Egypt, leading them as a pillar of fire and smoke, descended onto Mount Sinai. He caused the earth to shake and smoke went up out of the mountain and the trumpet sounded louder and louder and louder. There God took Israel to be his people, rescuing them from the burdens of Egypt. And darkness, and behold, as Jesus died, darkness covered the land. And the earth shook, and once again, the earth shook, and the curtain in the temple was torn. And finally, the God who joined in covenant with Abraham, symbolized with fire and smoke, the God who led the people out of Israel as a pillar of fire and smoke and descended onto Mount Sinai in fire, gave us the gift of his spirit illustrated by tongues of fire. And so there's a last set of verses I want to read with, for you guys just for something I really want you guys to take home from this. In Genesis 15 verse 7, it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of the earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. In Exodus 20 verse 2, it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then in Colossians 1.13, it says, He has delivered us from a domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And finally, read verse Peter 2. Nine, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So that is the thought of, of everything we've passed through. That is the thought I want to leave you with today, is that the God who brought Abraham out of Ur, the God who brought Israel out of Egypt, is the God who brought us out of darkness and has given us the Spirit. So let's, let's pray. God, thank you for your, your word. Thank you that we get to explore it and learn new things and, and discuss it. And God, I pray that we would all continue meditating on and and building on this idea of your covenant that you have established with us. 
God, help us to be continually reminded of where you have brought us from, that we were in fact, like Israel, like slaves, that you have brought us out of that. Lord, we thank you for all these things, and in your name we pray, amen.